right. Welcome back, everyone, everyone listening. Um, to like honestly, I'm Erica. I'm Mariah. And we have Rob back, even though he's on his phone right now, which is my big pet peeve. Rob. Is, but, uh, I ghosted my therapist by accident. I was supposed to have therapy right now, and I didn't have it on my calendar. So I canceled. It's all good. But I was just making sure I put it in my calendar for next time so I can remember my, my wellness appointments. Well, welcome to today's wellness appointment, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Twenty. This is like twenty episodes for you guys. Yeah, I know. you're like the the double digit episode or like the decade episode. It's just like I'm, Rob's. I book in. I book in the decades. I'm like Dick Clark. Yeah. I like I, I bring in. <laughs> I bring in the new season. Oh, 20 episodes. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, that went by pretty fast. I know. We're still not millionaires, but on our way. <laughs> So today we're going to kind of follow a similar um, format as we did last time. If you guys haven't listened to the other episode that Rob was on, that is episode 11. You should definitely check that out. Definitely. I think it is our most listened to episode. So I doubt that there's anyone listening to this that hasn't listened to that one yet. But if you haven't, it's there. Um, But today we're going to follow the same kind of format, just kind of going through all the things that we've, uh, some topics that have come up in the last 10 episodes since we've talked to, to Rob and just kind of getting a man's take on it. I think, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty confident when I say that most of our listeners are female. Um, So, you know, even though we do get feedback, people text us um, thoughts on, you know, what they've been, the episode that they've been listening to, whatever. Um, mostly women. So sometimes it's nice to get a man's perspective. Yeah, I, th- I think there are some men that listen to your podcast. They're all former coworkers of yours, I would say. Yeah, like, uh, Sterling texted me the other day. Sterling does listen to your pod. Ooh, yeah. I have a couple of uh, guy friends who listen to it too, and it's yeah, it's pretty. They're funny. just not. They're not as vocal about it. Yeah, I hope that we're shocking them into silence, but enough that they keep listening. <laughs> <I> think- <laughs> An interesting thing is like some of my best friends, girlfriends and wives listen to the episodes, yeah. which is cool. Um, shout out to shout out to my squad, ladies. Thanks, guys. <laughs> the lady squad. All right. So, yeah. So our last episode, which, Rob, you probably haven't listened to yet because we just recorded it. But we talked a little bit about like the holidays and just kind of relationships during the holidays. Um, but and we're. And we're especially around like how it's weird in like the beginning of relationships, like when you're meeting everyone for the first time, because mm. everyone has like their their traditions and their things that they do with their families. And then you have to try to like enter this new person into the fold and like how that works. And it's I don't know, I think from our perspective, it's weird. But um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where we were talking or where we were with that. Yeah, I mean, I think those are uh, in the sort of relationship playbook. Bringing someone home to meet the family, I think typically that's the the holiday season is the time that that happens for the most part. Don't you think? Like the first time that they meet the extended crew. Yeah, that's like where you solidify. Like, okay, this is somebody who's probably going to be around for a little bit. Yeah, right. but for me, it's never the time that they're meeting. Like my immediate family isn't meeting 
the partner for the first time. That's like a lot. No, but like aunts and uncles and cousins. Yeah, because like on what other occasion does do you does that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, I think it just depends on do you live in the same city as your significant other's parents? So I think of the Jordan Peele movie Get Out where, oh, yeah. you know, they live a couple hours away or outside the city and they bring, she brings the boyfriend home for the weekend there where there's this sort of holiday family event. I mean, I guess is, I mean, obviously the movie is different than that, but I, I think in context, same type of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, I guess, what's the criteria for, because I don't know, I still stand by like, that's a big, that's a big commitment or like, I don't know. I, cause I kind of feel the same way about weddings too. Like if I'm dating someone who hasn't already met like all my friends and then we have to go to a wedding with them, like, man, I don't want to have to babysit someone. And I think that like part of it is like, like you, you're not one that has to be babysat, but like some people do because they feel weird about like being around people that they don't know. I'm that person. I and, I was going to say I need to be babysat. Like if I'm going yeah. to a wedding with like a bunch of people that I don't know, I need to like at least be babysat by my date or like find a friend at the like make friends with somebody at the wedding and then be like, yeah. okay, so <laughs> it's you and me tonight, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I feel like the holidays is kind of the same, same way, especially like I was talking about, like Rob is very, um, like they all just kind of like go and do their own things. And so it's real like awkward to be, you're like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? I'm just going to like, I don't want to be rude and just be sitting here on my phone, but also like what the fuck else is there to do? Like, I don't know what to talk to these people about. And I hate small talk. Well, this actually brings up an interesting like personal story. So, and forgive me, I don't remember your friend's names whose wedding we went to in 2014. Laura. Laura. The one at the, um, at the room on Maine. Yeah. Laura. So the room on Maine is like a pretty popular wedding venue here in Dallas. It's, it's expensive. I mean, like a couple of our good friends, Lauren and Jed, got yeah. married there. I think we've been to three weddings there, maybe two, yeah, two or it's three. Nice. It's a nice venue. It's downtown Dallas. It's kind of kind of off by itself. Really, actually, close to where we used to live. Honestly, mm-hmm. in the farmers market. So we were there in 2014, and like Erica said, I even when I don't know anybody, I'm pretty confident. I was like very. I was taking improv at the time. Like very. That's probably the peak of my improv. Like, ness. And I was like going to other cities, like taking workshops and stuff. So I was there and I was like, okay, I don't know anybody, but Erica wasn't in the wedding. So she was able to spend most of the time with me. And then the funny thing, like where you said you like find somebody and latch onto them there, it was a bartender at the, like one of the people working the event who lived in my building, like on my hallway. And I, I'd never talked to her before, but I had seen her. And so when I was able to like, when I was going back to the bar, get a little bit of like, nor- I, w- I could look normal, like, cause I was having a conversation with somebody else. So it looked like I knew somebody. <laughs> and I found that that gave me confidence when I was going elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. You just have to try to fit in and then. But cause yeah. like, it, you know, if you go back to like wedding crashers, which is a movie that's problematic for sure. And for a number of reasons, but um, one of the rules that they have is that you can't be off in the corner sulking by yourself. Cause then that draws attention to you in a negative way. So the important thing and this is sort of my advertising 
control freakness, you have to control the message that people see. And like when they see you, you want to look comfortable. It's kind of like uh, when you're in the city, if you look like you know where you're going, nobody questions you. Or when you're walking into a building that you've never been in before, if you look like you belong, then everything's good. And so I think that's where I always try to make sure I look like I belong in a situation like that because I think it lessens the emotional strain of the person who brought you there. Like Erica said, you don't want to babysit that person the whole time. You want to have fun and be able to jump around and dance and hang with your friends and not have to be looking around to make sure that your date is okay. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's like that wedding in particular was um, like all of our, all of my like college friends. So it's like, that's your, that's a turn up wedding. Oh, and everybody was like under 25 for, for the most part. Yeah. I feel like so it was one of those that's like real fun and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, so like, I, you know, we were drinking and taking funny pictures in the photo booth and, mm-hmm. you know, Sweet Caroline comes on and everybody's bop, 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 mm-hmm. you know, having a great time. So what's your criteria then? Um, open answer for both of you, I guess. Um, what's the criteria for when you know that it's like serious enough to bring this, this partner that no one's ever met yet, either like home to meet your parents, like non-holiday or to bring them home for the holidays or a wedding. Cause those are, those are both high pressure situations. I I feel like I haven't done like enough casual dating to like really speak on that, I guess. But I think just like when, you start wanting to talk about that person to your family or to your friends. Like that's when it's time that they, they can meet them. But if they're still just like a hookup or like, you're just kind of like getting to know each other and you're like not telling people about them yet, then yeah. Then you don't need to see them. That's interesting. You say that Mariah, that was the exact thing that I said. Like if you're talking to your family or your parents on the phone, do you bring them up? Have you introduced them? to the concept of that person, not necessarily to them face to face, but like, Hey, I'm dating this person. Her name is his right. name is. And if you kind of make them a person and not like, Oh yeah. You know, I remember having conversations with my dad, um, when I was right out of college and I was single and had just gotten out of a long relationship and he'd be like, so he would ask like, so are you like dating anybody? And I was like, no, not really. Like just kind of seeing different people around and that was like the, okay, like I'm not going to introduce you to the, to this, these people that I'm talking to or having drinks with or whatever. Cause right. it's not, I don't maybe even know if it's serious yet. Right. I think maybe I'm just overly aloof <laughs> with, with my family. Yeah. And I just don't, <laughs> I'm like, unless it's like, we're, I think you didn't really meet them until we were like moving in together. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about, we couldn't remember, I cannot remember the first time that you met my parents. I, I honestly don't either. I remember I went over, I remember the first time I went to your house with them for pizza night. I think oh, so jealous. Yeah. Oh man. Armin and makes the Armin's pizza, pizza is excellent. So I mean, pizza, if you're going to be in a relationship with Erica, like you have to have a relationship with pizza too. So it's just <laughs> part mm-hmm. of it. But um <laughs> Yeah, and I think that was the first time I met your sister too. So that I, I had met your mom before, somewhere, probably in passing. I in, guess in passing, maybe at Splash or like uh. at a Splash event or like an Oktoberfest type event where we like were both there and said hello. But yeah, it wasn't a. Yeah, I think it was. I think it really was like we were. 
it was before we moved in together, but it was definitely like 2017. I feel like that that I it was a while before I met yeah. your parents. You, you you had met my parents like a long time before. Yeah, um, I guess it's just I don't know. I'm weird about it. I'm. It's not like it's simultaneously a big deal and a not big deal to me. Like I don't. There's no like build up for it. There's no like oh, I, it needs to be, like, the right time and the right scenario or, like, anything like that. I'm just very, like, my parents don't pressure me about it. And I've never felt pressured to, like, inter- in, I don't know. And they, they just don't really, I don't know. They're not like, so, are you dating someone? Like, oh, you and Rob have been dating a while. Like, when are we going to meet him? They may have asked me, but not. it's not in, like, a weird, like, um, like pressing kind of way. And I think and- there's, like, so many Hollywood scenarios where you're like hiding the person from your family or you want to like you know make them look a certain way because your parents are like you know upper east side socialites yeah, i guess <laughs> but uh, that was not the case with either of us so no and i i don't know i just don't i don't know i think i think i get gun shy about like i don't want people asking me about my personal life and like my relationships and stuff or like when when i don't know especially like at the dating phase of things um or until you like and that's why i think it's like oh like we're like moving in together i guess i know where we stand now (laughs) and and so before that i'm like don't ask me like i have a personal like awkwardness about sharing like that level of information with people I guess like I'm just an awkward I'm awkward so I think that's why it's like I don't want to have to bring you home because then there's a whole like conversation I have to have with my parents about like oh I'm like dating someone oh by the way it's serious and like oh or or it's not serious or like whatever and or um having to like ask a friend to like oh can I bring this person to your wedding and then Mm. having to like introduce this person to all of your friends and it's just so much easier and this is where I'm like maybe I'm just way too aloof because I'm just like you know what it's gonna be easier if you just sit this one out I don't want to pick on you (laughs) about this because I I agree with there's there's two things I want to say to that number one is you're terrible at introductions like so oh, i am like when you Sophia i remember will vouch for that too like i'm so bad at it and it's not intentional i just you just like i don't think you like it. don draper season three of mad men something snaps in your brain and you, your <laughs> mouth hold, holds open and you start staring off into the million yard stare <laughs> it's like um okay well erica brought me i'm rob nice to meet you i don't know who you are but uh, hopefully maybe erica will explain and she just sits there like uh, that is not uh, what happens. I do not do that, but I do just like <laughs> carry, I will just carry on as if you are not there. Exactly. Yeah, you're just like <laughs> you, hey, this giant guy that I'm standing next to, who I've clearly brought. I'm not going to introduce you to him or tell you who he is or anything, or tell him who you are. Frankly, so it's just going to be like, hi, what's going on? You did that though. Like, it's not just you, Rob, that she does that with. Because, like, I no, mean, it's not. I was like visiting Dallas and I met your friend Sophia, but like you, not that we needed to be formally introduced. Cause I think that we had like texted or like messaged before or something like we had been like friends on Facebook and like follow each other on Instagram, like whatever. But when she came over to your apartment, I like, I didn't know that she was coming over like right then. So I was like just sitting on the couch and like you were in the kitchen and she just like walked in and you were just like, Oh, Hey, what's up? And like, I was just over in the other room, like, Oh, hi, I'm Mariah. <laughs> like, it was a little bit weird. I, well, so- Sophia the- c- 
calls me out on it all the time. Yeah. Not all the time. But it's happened to her a lot because <laughs> like, um, you know, like I was telling, I was telling you guys like when uh, I was going to Cody spin classes all the time, if Sophia or like someone was able to come for a class or whatever. So like one specific memory I have is like Sophia was able to make it. And one of my old coworkers was able to make it. And I have told each of them about each other. And I just forgot that they hadn't met. And so then I'm like just talking and we're all just standing around and it's like five minutes in. And Sophia's like, by the way, I'm Sophia. I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm so sorry. Like I totally <laughs> forgot. Yeah. I mean, I can, I have, uh, I don't know if I have a dozen stories about that, but yeah, that, that yeah. scenario is very familiar to me. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm rude. <laughs> and it's not rudeness. It's just like there, you, we, you seem very, I'm very in my own world. Well, and you're very comfortable with the awkwardness between the other two people. You're just like, yeah, I'm here. And this <laughs> is like, you know, but anyway, I, I also am, I think with introductions, my that's my first thing because I have this anxiety of like every I want every interaction that someone has with me to be the best interaction they've had all day, and so I am like over like hey, uh, you know this is my this is Erica you know Erica this is whoever my you know my friend this is where I know them and you guys would like this thing about each other like ha 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 let's all laugh, you know you say that, but I have several experiences of going to DCH with you where like you guys like you're you have a show and you guys have to warm up beforehand but you're like quote unquote warm up is hanging out in the bar area and I have a I have a specific memory of you just being like okay bye and like literally gently shoving me to the side and then going and hanging out with your friends while I just sat there a few feet away by myself drinking and I was like Cool. So glad I came. Yeah, I, I will. I'll take responsibility for that for sure. I, like I'd say like DCH was the great equalizer because you're right. Like there's this period where you want to hang out with your team and like kind of get on the same page and start doing bits and stuff together. And if you're on the outside of that, like if you're not involved, like if you're in a significant other or whatever, it's infuriating and mm -hmm. so awkward, but also in that significant, in that specific instance, like, yeah, like we're in the bar, there's no green room to warm up in. So we're in the bar and it's like, okay, I didn't do a great job of explaining like, Hey babe, you're coming to this game or coming to this game. coming to this improv show. I need you to like sit at the bar by yourself, even though you're five feet away from me so that we can do all this. And I just didn't do a great job. It's like, yeah, this is awkward. I'm right there. I'm the only person, you know, but we're going to be talking about God knows what for the next seven minutes mm. before we go backstage and start to do the show. So admittedly, DCH also, improvisers are notoriously the most anxious and in, in their head people of all time. So it can just be a very awkward experience all the yeah, time. Yeah, it is true because there are several times where I would be like by myself, just kind of like wandering around, like trying to find a place to like not look awkward. And then I would see someone that I actually did know and I'd be like, hey, and they'd be like, Oh, hey. And then walk away. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why, why does no <laughs> one like me? I remember having conversations like, why are we, like people, what is it about me? People don't like me. And I was like, I don't think it's you. It's, <laughs> it's just them. Everybody's that way. But also like, I'm also awkward and uh, often look super bitchy. So it's like, not that I'm very approachable either. So just, you know, one of those vicious circles. I can tell you, I think like the last of the last hundred times I walked out of Dallas Comedy House, I would say 65% of them were like with 
awkward goodbyes because there's like different pockets of people that you've talked to throughout the night, but you don't want to have to go to each one of them. Nobody has time to like go say goodbye to everybody. And so then I would leave and I'd be like, man, I probably didn't say goodbye to this person. I wonder how they feel about them. <laughs> if they feel like I just ran out on them. So guys are the worst, like uh-huh. especially going back to like family holidays too. It's like, if it's like your first time meeting somebody like, do I hug you? Do I like, can we just wrap this up? Do I just shout to everybody in the room like, hey, I'm leaving. See you guys later. Nice meeting everybody. And do like a general goodbye. Like, oh my God, can we like hold on that for a second? <laughs> I am so bad and awkward about do I hug? Do I, are these, are these handshake people? Are they just a, hey, like throwing up like a <laughs> what's up? Like nice to meet you. Like what's the situation? And that's always really, I don't know why that is so awkward for me. Cause I'm just like, I'm not going to be the one to hug you, but then people like go to hug you back. And then you're just like, Oh, uh, yup. Uh-huh. And then you look uncomfortable, even though it's not <laughs> like hugs make you uncomfortable. It's a whole thing. I'm definitely way in my head about it. I'm a super hugger, but I agree that like, you don't want to be the first to initiate that if you don't think that the other person is going to receive it well. Like, but I'm a super hugger. So I'm always like, like sigh of relief if somebody goes in for a hug. Um, (laughs) Because I think that handshakes are weird. Like handshakes are formal. They're for like formal occasions, not for like, I don't know. Yeah. But like meeting the, the whole family on Christmas, that's formal. So, okay. So I think like, the hello is a handshake appropriate, but then the goodbye, like a double handshake in the same day, if things went well, I think you upgrade to a hug. Okay. Yeah. I think that there's a step ladder, right? Um, I'll, yeah. I'll share from a guy's perspective. So for me as well, I'm very big. So no, no mom that I've ever been introduced to has been like, Oh yeah, you're normal sized. They're like, Oh my, like they're a small person. And they're like, Oh my God, my daughter just brought home this huge person. <laughs> and so I like always open, I'm like a giant door. I open my, I lift my arm up and it leaves it open to, okay, we're going to side hug mom. And then that immediately transitions to, okay, now dad is sizing himself up against me. I extend my hand firm, but not too firm handshake, like professional, like respect, like, Hey, your daughter is safe with me guy handshake. Cause it's all about, you got to like, for the guy, you got to like put on the, okay, you know, it, maybe it's old school or maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think parents of people our age want to feel that their daughter, son, whatever is safe with yeah. the per- And they trust that they establish like credibility early on with this person. Oh yeah. And so it's like, Hey, yeah. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And I mean, my parents raised me to do that anyway, so that's good. But I think it's just like general, like I'm great with parents because of the way my parents raised me to communicate with adults. Yeah. Hmm. My dad's big on the handshake thing. Like if he's meeting you for the first time and you have a wimpy Mm -hmm. handshake, he's like, you're trash. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, some people, there's like an entire, I think a, a large percentage of parents of people our age who put a lot of stock in that first impression. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's a big deal. It's why it's anxiety like driven. And I think if you come from a family like that, or you come from a family who's going to like, not judge, but like make, like definitely make their opinion on the first impression. Like that gives you even, so like my family makes their first or their 
general opinion on their first impression. Like there's not really a lot of coming back from that if you like ethically fuck it up. So I get anxiety because I know that my family is like that. I get anxiety about meeting a family for the first time because I don't know if they're going to be like forgiving if I do something stupid. Mm. I, I want to shift this a little bit because I think this is good. It's talking about first impressions. So when I was playing basketball against the Globetrotters, one of the GMs, we were like having a practice and I don't know, we had not been performing as good. Like they didn't like our, the, the generals part of the show recently. And they were like, I know you guys are playing these games like every day and sometimes twice in the same day. But the fans who are buying tickets in Tampa don't give a shit that you've been in Richmond the night before. They are there to see that show. That's the only show they're going to see all year, and they want it to be the best show possible. So, you know, with that in mind, I, I kind of like thought about people like Beyonce who perform night in and night out on tour, Taylor Swift, what have you, and people are paying $1,000 to sit on the front row. They do not care if they're tired. They do not care what they did that day. They are there to see the best show possible. And those performers give them their the best. That's like well, that's why that's such a demanding, physically demanding, emotionally demanding job. Um, and somebody asked me the other day, uh, I was on a podcast, a, a di another diabetes podcast, and they asked me like, what it's like when I'm at events and people want to come take pictures with me and like kids and parents and like people are like, hey, like, will you take a picture with me? And he was like, is that weird? Because you like kind of see yourself as like a regular person. And I was like, yeah, I do. But at the same time, I understand where I sit in the perception of the mind. Like they don't, like I'm on the the bulletin of, or like the flyer and the website and the email of this event. I just spoke on stage. So they like, I have some sort of level of importance in their life. And what I need to do right then is be super accommodating, warm and welcoming because that's the only experience that they're ever going to have with me. So if they encounter somebody who, who, you know, or encounter me again, I want them to remember like, Oh yeah, you know, I met Rob and he was super nice. So that's kind of the first impression psychology that I think I apply across the board because you just you know you you don't have that much time with people most of the time and you want to make sure that you don't leave any weirdness yeah and I think just I think it's just our, like our own personal struggle of just like having anxiety but I guess the takeaway point is that like have confidence don't leave weirdness but also if you're important enough to that person for them to be bringing you home or like be bringing you around people that they want you to meet, then like they probably don't have too much nervousness about whether or not those people are going to like you. And I think own your weirdness. Uh, if you can call it out and seem relatable with it or be like, Oh, that was a weird handshake, dad, <laughs> you know, or like, uh, Oh, hope we can come back from that. Like I think, and make fun of yourself a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, like if you're Erica and you're introducing somebody, hey, you guys know I'm the worst person of introductions, but we'll get over it. This is like, haha, great. We addressed it. Now we can move on. Yeah. Eric and I just talked about that, like advice to tell our younger selves. We were talking about um, like embrace your quirks and just own it with mm -hmm. confidence. <laughs> yeah. It's um, I've been thinking a lot about that recently. Like the I don't know. I think it's called the rifleman's prayer. And it's like this rifle is mine. There are many like it, but this one is mine. And I feel like that about business. I feel that way about, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. It's like, there's a mill, there's, you know, whatever, 7 billion, 8 billion people on this earth. And most people are kind of the same, but 
the only thing that makes you different is who you are. So just own your own stuff. Mm -hmm. Speaking of holidays, I think, were we recording when we talked about this yesterday? Like, I really enjoy giving people uh, gifts that they Mm -hmm. um, like and use and maybe aren't necessarily expecting. And another layer of that is usually... Um, usually for Christmas, I have some kind of idea. I did not have one this year. I was feeling uninspired in 2020, but usually I have some kind of idea where I lightly troll Rob and, uh, like one year, a couple of years ago. So Rob spends an exorbitant amount of money on designer sweats and I like to make fun of him that they look like Hanes. (laughs) (laughs) and so but he calls them his if you know you know sweats and so (laughs) i i got him as one of his gifts a hanes sweatshirt that had embroidered in it uh if you know you know love um so that was that but but last year i got him a bidet because he had been talking he went to japan one time and like <laughs> will not stop talking about how he wanted a, a bidet it changed but his was, butthole forever yeah <laughs> but it wouldn't but that wasn't it i happened to be reading so i was like trying to figure out which one to get and i was so i was reading all the reviews <laughs> wait <laughs> this is the best because we kind of like tag team this and this was like my favorite project of last year's christmas yeah. And so last year, or yeah, so I was like reading the reviews and there are some really funny ones. Like people, <laughs> people put some time and, and comedic effort into, <laughs> into those, which I really appreciated and I wanted to share. So I was trying to find a way of making like custom wrapping paper where you could like take screenshots of the, of the reviews and like put them on the wrapping paper, which I couldn't find like you, it exists, but the, the slots that you would have to like fit, um, they were like too small and too uniform and like, you know, reviews are all different lengths. So I came up with an alternative idea and I made a book (laughs) of Mm -hmm. these reviews with quotes. So it'd be like, um, one review on, on, left page on the right page an inspirational poop quote and then so on so forth it was probably like 10 pages i made it really beautiful what's the uh what's what was the title of it it's sitting in the bathroom right now so we we just have to (laughs) dig it up and find it but it it, long story short it was really funny i wanted it to be like a a bathroom book and i love yeah i i loved it i thought like the let's let's just say let's just call a spade a spade butts are funny um and anybody that says otherwise i'll fight them it said um, the cover on the cover the title of it was best seat in the house best seat in the house yeah so great and so immediately like i've already opened up the the bidet but on top of it is this little book very pretty very like printed like bound like very nice and i'm flipping through and it's got the reviews and some of these reviews are outrageous it's got the inspirational artsy photos and like quotes it's just very funny and you know, it's a great gift. I think I like uh, words of affirmation are my is my love language, but I also like gift giving. So like when I get and it, I'm notoriously the hardest person to buy stuff for. And if I don't like what you got me, I am very comfortable saying I don't like it. Oh, yeah. We talked about that yesterday. I hate it because yeah. I grew up being like, oh, did someone get you something that you, you appreciate had? that? What? Yeah, you, you appreciate you lie. that. And you don't let them know. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, well, you lied. You say this was so thoughtful and I love it. Thank you. Which I do for the most part. And and I also was raised that way. Like I would never, uh, you know, a gift, and especially yet. from a gift from a stranger, but when a gift from a loved one or someone close to you, I am just more comfortable being honest. Like, and you know, I don't want to throw it away or, you know, like, or donate or like put it in the closet and it never get used. That's wasteful to me. So I like, you know, Sterling got me a backpack a couple years ago. That was really nice. And I was like, I'm never going to use this. So can we like figure something out? And he goes, and he's like, well, what do you want? And I was like, well, I could send you like a bag that that's comparable price that I would really like. And he was like, okay, do that. So we did that, but it also ruffled his feathers a little bit. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, someone's trying to, it's not the physical thing that they give you. It's the, th- it's the sentiment that, that of all the people that they could be giving something to you're on the list. Yeah. So like, yeah, and I mean, I, I don't want to, don't get me wrong, I'm not ungrateful or I, I'm not like rude about it. Uh, Erica takes it very personally. I think but. it's rude. I think to, I would take to, it personally. Yeah, or, you know, we got into a really big fight once because I know that he's picky and, I, or yeah, but it was for you, it must have been for your 30th or 31st birthday. Yeah, 31st birthday. And, um, you were in a mood about it and didn't want to do anything. And I was like, well, you know, we should, we should do something like we should go to at least go to dinner, like go to a nice place. Like where, where do you want to go? And he wouldn't tell me. Um, He, and he was also like very busy and he was like traveling and stuff. And so he was like, I don't know what's a place that we haven't been. Well, that's hard because I don't know like what you're in the mood for. Like, you know, we often are have very differing opinions on what we like in in food in particular mm. um or like what we would want or prefer in a birthday dinner like i am very much like take me to the take me to serious pizza in deep ellum where you buy it by the slice and it's like kind of grungy inside that, which is what we do for valentine's day yeah and that's what yeah that's what we do for valentine's day um and he said, he specifically said, take me somewhere nice. But he also said, where is some place that we haven't been? So, like, it would have been easy to be like, okay, like, I know that you like Perry's. I know that you like um, whatever, like, these nice steakhouses. That would have been easy. But you said you wanted to go somewhere that we hadn't been before. <laughs> but yet, he wasn't giving me any feedback. So, I'm, like, sitting here, like, researching, like, okay, what are, like, cool new spots in Dallas? Like, blah 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 and I like sent him like three place three places he wasn't like super feeling like most of them and then he's like oh well let's do this one I'm like great so I handle it like make the reservation his mom's coming with us and (laughs) um we we get there and he sees the location of it and it's like this he had been there before when it was a different restaurant so then we like pull up and he's immediately in a bad mood because he's like I fucking hate this place. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember <okay."> this. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, well, then let's go somewhere else. Like, it's not a big deal. Let's just go somewhere else. And he's like, no, let's go in. <laughs> and, it, and it was just like one thing after another. Like, we couldn't find parking. So then we had to, we had to valet. We go and like, it was like confusing about like where you were supposed to go and like really awkward interaction with like the manager guy who was like downstairs in this like space full on suit and then you had to like go upstairs and then they were like super weird about um they're like oh it was like 
5.30, okay? And yeah, they're it was like, like empty in there. It was empty, and they're like, oh, well, I'm just letting you know that, you know, if we see you, you, like, can't stay very long because we have reservations. And we're like, okay, well, when's your next reservation? Oh, it starts at 7. Mm. It, it, like, starts at 7. So, like, we're like, oh, okay, that's, like, two hours. Like, we can eat and get out of here in two hours. And then we sit down, and he's like, well, I don't like any, I don't, none of this looks good. I'm like, well, I sent you the menu, so I don't know. And then anyway, so all of this, he's in a fucking sour ass mood. And then he's like mad at me for not knowing him well enough to like <laughs> pick a place. I'm like, I've never fucking been here. How it's do such, I know? It's such an Erica and Rob fight. Like, I love it. I remember it. I remember like that. Yeah, I remember that happening. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's not Erica's fault. But I was I was pissed. I was like the restaurant, I the location of the restaurant. It was I actually hated. awful, by the way. And it was awful. Yeah, it was like a supper club. Like, who the fuck wants to go to a supper club? Um, this is not the Roaring Twenties, and I'm not blaming this on you. It was like the concept of the restaurant sucked. The service was bad. The food was fine. The where they sat us was bad. The yeah. music was like we sat right by. It was an empty restaurant, and they put us like right by the stage, and then so they're like tuning their instruments and shit and yeah, it's like the so band loud is like going through sound check and <laughs> you know i'm you know in in a jean jacket and wearing jordans and like i look good but i'm not in like a fancy restaurant attire because we were going at five o'clock to a steakhouse i thought like definitely i was steakhouse appropriate but it was just like i just was getting a weird vibe like we were like definitely it was a weird scenario but i will say like what i saw on the website did not match the experience yeah. that we ended up having which uh, which again i i didn't hold like a big grudge against erica this whole time but it was an awkward dinner i was pissed i like you know and i think when i'm gonna pay over a hundred dollars for a meal i have like different expectations where if that makes me snobby so be it i'm a, i'm kind of a snob but um i don't know it was it was a tough a tough look and i remember being upset about it and you know, for the, the raw, you know, a lot of it was my fault too. Like I was, we were just in LA like the week before I was going to be on out of town on my actual birthday. I, you know, I was traveling a ton. We had just done our, or we're about to do our engagement shoot. So there's just a lot of things going on at the time. And I was like, I didn't prioritize. I was not in my brain prioritizing my birthday, which caused me to end up having a terrible experience. Cause I wasn't involved in the planning and I wasn't, didn't really give Erica clear feedback and, on the surface, all of her decisions were good, but there's just so much That's context. That's not what you said. You, <laughs> when that happened, you were actually mad at me for not knowing, quote unquote, knowing you well enough. Well, I to know that you wouldn't have <laughs> liked a place like that. Well, looking which I stand, which I stand, which I stand by. Like I will, I I don't want to go to a supper club unless I'm you know meeting with an assassin or something. I'm sorry, you know, I've like, never been to a supper club. I don't know what they're like. I, that's which and is fine. So it's not like I was like, oh, I'm gonna look at this place. This looks fucking dope. I sent you like four or five different things, yep. and that was the one that you. I did. Out. I looked at the menu and I picked it because it looked good. And admittedly, the, the menu was, was different good. when we got to the restaurant and but the, the food, the was, food good. was good the food was good i think i had a short rib um with mashed potatoes um, anyway all that to say i don't i don't take risks anymore because i don't like but also this is my own personal anxiety. he's like i don't like being criticized and right. that's like a big critic 
criticism of me but it's also i don't know it's well no. let's go back let's go back to but the i year. think it's unfair to hold that standard to someone i yeah but like i feel like that just like cooking for somebody like if i cook something and like i really like it like part of me wants them to be honest with me like you know i probably didn't like that a whole lot but then because i don't want to keep making it if i think they like it mm-hmm. but at the same time then i feel like i even though it's not it's like honest feedback it's not them like upset with me they're still thankful that i cooked a meal for them but i immediately turn on the like i'm a failure i did everything so wrong like sorry that i'm such a fuck up like mm-hmm. i turn on that attitude when it's like just me being dramatic and like me being well and like with the I agree. I agree where I, I Rob will attest that I get very childish where he'll like make a joke of, I order, I uh, edited some photos for him once and he looked pretty orange in them. And, and he like made a joke about it and I took it so fucking personally and got so mad, like just total meltdown, like so pissed. And he's like, what is happening? Like this is objective. Like I look like a, I look like an orange person, but I was upset because I was, I was trying something new and it just didn't didn't quite land, but like go in the, in the case of like the birthday dinner thing, I liken that to a gift. If, if. Rob had try like tried to do something to like make my day special for me and it wasn't exactly what I wanted or frankly if it wasn't good I would never let him know that right because or you- I would be I would appreciate that he wanted to do anything at all right or you would do it in like a less like sorry like a less of a t- an, an attack. Like you had been like, yeah. yeah, like that was okay. Like I think that it was probably one of those places that's like one and done. Like I don't really have a burning desire to go back. That's what I was going to say is like if it ever got brought up again, like, oh, do you want to go back to the – I forget what it was even called. I would have been like, no. And like honestly, that's not like super my vibe. Like the food was good, but I don't need to go back. Like that's what – yeah. Yeah. yeah so- and, I, and I think I for sure was just – upset and in a diva birthday mood about it and and then it was it was also just like it kept heightening it kept getting worse yeah, and worse bad. and worse which is no fault of yours it just like the two together like when the music when the guys came out and tuned their guitars and like the server was like rude about something <laughs> and like we were just getting treated like second class citizens the whole time in there and i just got pissed i was like uh, it just put me in a really sour mood um I think this is a good segue to like two topics but um one of our well, Oh go before ahead. we go before we segue sorry to step on you we got to talk about the bidet Yeah he didn't give the review I didn't get the, the review Oh so, like, okay we like so the trolling gifts I love so first we got to go back even further the sweatshirt she got me a Hanes sweatshirt because I had bought a jowned sweatshirt which looks just like a gray sweatshirt with like a little, a gray with Haynes a little crew neck. Uh, jowned logo on it. And yeah. it's not. Uh, and proof, proof in the pudding is that when she got me the Hanes sweatshirt, it fit me. But then you wash it one time yeah. and now Erica wears it. So it's like, <laughs> um, like I, it's, it's very funny. But every time she wears it, I'm like, ooh, that, like, that sweatshirt looks really nice. Like, <laughs> what's the construction on that? Like, what's the, what's the weight of the, the cotton? 
and 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 she's like oh yeah you know like if you know you know uh so that's been kind of a nice little inside joke but then the bidet so like right away i tried to install it Mm -hmm. and then like i put it on easy to get on and then i couldn't figure out in our old apartment how to get the toilet like line undone like the screw was really tough and like i ended up like (laughs) stripping it basically to try to get it off and it wouldn't come off. So like the bidet just like sat on our toilet unhooked up for like nine months and or seven months or whatever. So then we moved to the new house and I'm like, okay, well I'm going to put this bidet on. And it turns out like that one of the, one of the screws that holds the seat on in our master bathroom is also off. Like it's stripped already. And so I can't get it off. Um, and so then I buy a drill with the right thing and I try to like take it off that way and it didn't work. So I ended up putting it on my office bathroom in our like second bathroom in, in the house. And um, I have to say, like, I remember like, and I, I want to back this up, Muslim culture abroad, like one of the tenets of, you know, very basic tenets is cleanliness of, of Islam. and. I am so about that. Mm-hmm. I'm so about cleanliness. And so when I went to Singapore and Japan, uh, and Japanese culture, cleanliness and like efficiency are also big parts of it. So like in America, we just use toilet paper. We just smush our shit around on our skin and then wipe it off with a cotton toilet paper. Um, and we use a lot of it and it's super inefficient and it just goes and sits in a landfill somewhere in the sewer or whatever. What, right. So gross. Um, the bidet conversely, this $30 bidet that like the Lux bidet that we bought that you bought off Amazon and had all these great reviews. It's like $34. Mm-hmm. You put it on there you hook it up to the water line and you can clean your butt with water in like 10 seconds <laughs> just like you like the cleanest your butt's ever been and then all you have to do is like dry your butt off and so it like i just cannot like i won't go i'm not gonna take a shit anywhere else (laughs) if i can because i want that that's just like so convenient and easy and clean and i feel much better because of it he said yesterday um he was at the office because they were doing like a, a product shoot and he was like yeah like I had to take a shit earlier, but I was like, no, I'm going to wait until I get home. Like, I'm <laughs> shit here. Yeah, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to put myself through the misery of like, you know, shooting and just using toilet paper. That's terrible. And I do want to note the reason that we're bringing this particular thing up is, uh, is a callback to episode two where we, Mariah and I were talking about our own like poop anxieties. And we, on the last episode that Rob was on, like we forgot to, to bring this up. Um, but I think this answers, no, Rob does not have issues talking about poop. No, no I don't. <laughs> I still maintain butts are funny. Um, and anybody that says otherwise, you can fight me. But um, yeah, I mean, I would just say like 10 out of 10 bidet all day. I mean, it's just it, for me, I'll never go back. I think that uh, the colonialism of white America and Western like Anglo-Saxon culture just really missed out on adding the bidet early on. And it should be taking over and sweeping the nation. Should bidet culture, <laughs> I'm here for it. But it is. Um, I haven't used it yet, I'm afraid. Really? Frankly, yeah, But because he was like, all right, I got to tell you, the first time that you try this out, it shouldn't be when you need it because you got to get used to it. I, and I maintain <laughs> that. You should use it when before you actually need it. Wait, so why does like... 
So could it get messy? Just, no, but you should be confident. Like you should know how it works before. Oh. It's very high. It's very high pressure. It is high pressure. Okay. It is. It's a little bit cold. Like it might. Sh- it might give you a little bit of a shock, but um, just like to understand how it works. So like before you need it, you should try it out. Yeah, I I've also- used one, but it was like a le- like not that yours isn't legit, but it was like a um a separate thing from right. the yeah. rest of the toilet but it, so it looked like I, a drinking fountain bird bird bath yeah like yeah Ugh. so did you use to dry off a towel or toilet paper when i did it uh-huh um i think toilet paper i didn't poop though before yeah so i was it was just like um, somebody I knew like just got a new house and they were like, oh my God, go look at the bathroom upstairs. And I was like, what is that? And they were like, it's a bidet. And I would like whip my pants down. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I am <laughs> putting this that right on my butthole right now. So yeah. So I tried it, but it, it wasn't, I definitely relate it more to like a drinking fountain type pressure than, um, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a condiment bottle, like psh- you know, it was like a light drinking fountain stream, I guess. So I'll, I'll say one of the things like I, I grew up uh, and my, my dad and my mom loved like nice hotels. And so when we would go celebrate somewhere as a family, they would get like a suite in a nice hotel. That was what they that was the way that they liked to relax, spend money and and have a good vacation. So I think the first time I encountered a bidet was in a beautiful old hotel in New Orleans. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But um, there was like the toilet and then right next to it was this toilet that looked like it had the seat missing and yep. more water in it. And then like really a low pressure, like you said, Mariah, kind of like a hose pressure of water. And so you have to like stand over it. Kind of, I, you know, very, anyway, not a great experience. So when I went in 2015 to Asia, basically every toilet had like a dishwasher hose next to it, you know, like the where you kind of clamp it and it shoots the the blast of water mm-hmm. uh, usually next to the sink. It had one of those like on a hook next to the, next to the toilet. So you would like operate it with your hand. You would aim it with your hand. Um, and then there was also like a like towel, like linen stack. And then you would throw the used ones in like a little hamper. And so most mm. of the places that I went, like you had like, you just wash your butt off and then dry yourself off with a towel and then you'd be on with your life. That's another area of like eh for me because I the thought of using toilet paper when you're on your wet skin. It's, it is it is weird, but I think you get you get used to it. it um, yeah, toilet paper breaks down, but you're, it's a different like you're just like patting yourself dry, basically. Yeah, yeah. I I think that I would be more comfortable like using one in my own home versus like you were just saying there's like a handheld one for everybody to use like I feel mm. like that would skeeve me out um it it did take like a couple of days for me to get used to the idea of it just like what if somebody put this too close to their bum and there's like something on it or like I don't know <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's you. If you dig into that type of thinking, you'll never, you'll never. Yeah. Use it. <laughs> yeah. But so all that to say, like, I I think now we live in the the bidet economy where there's like now like Tushy is like a hundred and fifty dollar mm-hmm. artsy very cute bidet, mm-hmm. 
and there's a you know four or five other tech forward type brands and you know you can spend five grand on a toilet um that warms up and has a a fan on it and you know you can warm the water and you know different kind of bidet like you can program like how the bidet works <laughs> and uh our I'm bidet is not is much more simple but it's so easy you just turn a button and your butt's clean i'm all about like use just like a quick in and out bathroom experience so like i think like the heated seat and like mm -hmm. a fan and temperature control like that's just encouraging people to stay in the bathroom too long yeah, and I'm with you. I don't I don't get any I don't get any joy from being in the bathroom for a long time. So Okay. So earlier, Mariah, you were saying um I do want to segue. Oh yeah. Into okay. Well, I mean, now we can talk about buttholes, but I kind of wanted to segue into just quickly like man periods because Rob, it sounded like maybe maybe on your birthday that year, you were experiencing some man period symptoms or myriad, we can call them. Um, do you think this is a thing? Like, do you think that men have like monthly mood, mood swings? swings? Yeah. I mean, I think that men have mood swings. I don't know if it's necessarily like on a calendar, uh, uh -huh. like, cycle. like a cycle. But um, I think, you know, certainly men are prone to mood swings and being irrational and irritable. For sure. I, I was saying that like, it's hard to tell with you. Um, mostly just because I think like your ups and downs have to do with like your blood sugars. Mm. So it's, it's True. hard to really notice if there's like a pattern. Which is why like, uh, one of my diabetes clients was like, Hey, are you going to let your wife follow you? My, my new pump has a connect ability to connect to my phone and i was like are you gonna let your wife or she asked if you're gonna let erica follow me on the app and at first i was like i don't think she's really interested in that but at the same time she's like well what i do for my husband is he doesn't want me to know or like give him any like you know information about his blood sugar but i always check if we have an interaction that's like weird mm -hmm. i always check to see what his blood sugar is to see if it's really him or he's just having an off blood sugar. So Rob, if it's really him or if it was his pancreas. <laughs> I, uh, there, there's been like a handful of times where I'm just like, are you like mad at me? Like, are you okay? Are yeah. you in a bad mood? And he's like, no. And then it turns out, is it your, is it that you're high or you're low? Low usually. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, every single time I have a low blood sugar, you think I'm in a bad mood. Like your aura is negative. <laughs> <laughs> Oh so yeah, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna give you the share access so that you can. <laughs> I'll just before know. you ask me now, you just look and be like, "Hey, your blood sugar is low. Like, maybe you have some." Yeah. Candy bears. That's. I think that that's a thing, though. Just for like people in general, though. Just like being. I mean, obviously, it's way different for you, like with diabetes and like with you know, like something actually diagnosed but like i get hangry and i don't know that i'm hangry until i have a snack and then i'm like <laughs> better you're not you and you're hungry yeah but like i can't pinpoint that it's that i'm just like irritable and then you know i have a snack and i'm like oh <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> mm. uh okay. all right well i think we can talk about um that i mean man periods i think are a thing but you're you are a difficult person to ask just because of that extra piece that can fluctuate <laughs> well I, th I think that there's 
uh, maybe there's just other factors that go into it. It might not just be a conscious choice, but like a few bad things happen. Like you go back to the birthday thing. Like if you're sort of teetering on the edge of not having a good time and then four or five things happen in a row that annoy you or like all pet peevy things, you could just be in a sour mood. Yeah. And like, I, I would say like, I wasn't in the sour mood the next day. Yeah. I, didn't think, I don't remember, but like, I don't think it lasted. Like, so if you, if you're going to compare it like a band period or whatever, it's not like a certain amount of time. It's like maybe just, I don't know, in a, in a sourpuss mood. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, I don't know. I wish I had a better, I wish I had a better answer or like a more <laughs> juicy podcast answer for you guys. That's okay. We'll we'll talk about it behind your back sometime. Just I'm kidding. I'm a human. <laughs> um all right. So one of the other things we have bulleted on here is I mean, kind of leads from the bidet review, talking about bums. Um in our previous episode, I talked about like waxing my butt once. Um, I was like, why I don't know why you would do that. Like I have like it's never been brought to my attention that that's something that is appealing or you know aesthetically appealing and um yeah I don't know I guess we were just like is this a thing is this a thing that guys notice is this a thing that is desirable that they wish more girls would do but it's like not a big deal if they do or don't so they don't bring it up or like what's the situation I mean, I, I don't know. I, and I think, yeah, Erica asked me about this earlier uh, to kind of prep me for this or whatever. And I wish I had a story where I was like, you know, my, the long story short is I have no idea. Maybe. Uh, but there's not like a discussion or like a noticeable like I was dating. I, I don't know. And I also, it, it brought another question. Like if the reason is like butt stuff that you want to do, I've, I've also never been with a girl who like requested that stuff or was like very into that. And I am, I'm not very into that. So maybe it's just my preferences and and biases that have taken those conversations out of the equation. So I honestly just don't know. I I don't know. I've never, I've never been with someone and they make an offhanded comment and be like, Oh yeah, got to get my butthole waxed this week. So that's going to be fun. It's like, Oh, that, I would, re- I would remember that conversation. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll put it out there that it's just part of the wax. If you get like a general wax, like they just do that too. So I'm assuming then that you've never been with a girl who gets waxed. No, I, I dated a girl who I've been with the girls who get waxed. But I didn't like I didn't like I don't know it's I guess like it, it was ne- it never like a bikini wax to me I you always think like guys think of the front or I think of the front not necessarily the back so I mean it makes it makes sense that it's part of the whole equation well and I don't think that it's like probably as noticeable with a female because like we don't have normally I guess like hairy butt cheeks or anything either so it's not like it would be as noticeable like as if a dude got their ass waxed or something. It wouldn't right. be like as noticeable, but, um, yeah. So I guess we, you know, we asked a source in the previous episode too, like, does butthole, does a butthole wax matter? And they were like, nope, just all about the cheeks. Like it's fine. But I don't even think it has to do with butt stuff necessarily. It's just like, all right, like if you're bent over, like you're going to see a butthole, right? I mean, we don't have like that point of view to like 
know what our butt looks like from the back. Thank God. <laughs> oh no. No, no, I mean not you, but just like people people in general. Like, why do you think that it's so far away from your eyes? <laughs> you know, so you're not supposed oh, to see it. Man, add one more thing to be uncomfortable about. <laughs> you are not supposed to see your own butthole. Oh. But I want to know if it looks nice to other viewers. Well, then, you know, make friends with your wax person and be like, hey, I'm trusting you. It's like a barber. I'm trusting you to make me look good. <laughs> my life is in your hands. But okay. But like, so you as a viewer, not of my butt, but of Erica's butt, like you, are you looking like, what are you doing? Just like doing the classic, like looking up thing, like while you go to town, like you don't ever look down at it. No, I mean, like I've never known, I've never been like, hey, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> All right, good. But also, we don't do butt stuff. Right, but you do, like, you can do stuff from behind. Sure. Not butt stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I've never been like, babe. You got to take care of that forest down there, honey. Well, and like, you know, back to the barber analogy, like, I've never been, Erica, occasionally, if I've, like, gone too long without a haircut or, like, my beard is out of control, Erica will be like, hey, like, you look like a band, you look like a banshee, you look like a a German wildling or something. And like (laughs) you need to shave or you need to get a haircut and it doesn't happen very often, but like that, I feel like that it would be that type of interaction and that that's that's not something that's there. So it's not like, like, like you said, I'm not with a person. Eric is not a person that, you know, you would notice is particularly like hairy or whatever that would need like, uh, like a dude's butt. Yeah. So I want to segue this (laughs) to, um, just other, other things that women do for aesthetic, you know, aesthetic purposes for themselves. Um, in a previous episode, we were talking about, uh, a friend of mine who was talking to a guy like very recently. I'm pretty sure this is the first time she hung out with him in person. Um, but she had just gotten like a bunch of fillers and like Botox done. So nothing like too extreme, but she did get like her lips done and like, you know, some, some other fillers and stuff. And so she, you know, is also very fair skinned and like, it was very noticeable on her face. <laughs> like she was, she was bruising. There was redness. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and so like, she, it was like literally this was like a couple of days, like a day, I think after she had gotten it done. So it was like very fresh, very much healing. Um, but I was just, like, when, when she told me, I was just like, damn, that's like real bold. Cause you know, we, in a, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about like, you know, the whole goal of like, when you're like getting any kind of work done, the, the ultimate goal is that you want to look natural. Like you don't want people to know that you've had work done. Well, that's our ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal, right? But I would right. I would argue that the ultimate goal is to look good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's to look good, and for people to have to ask, like, question themselves, like, is she? Did she get work done, or is this just how she looks? Well, I, and I think that's your perf- that's your preference. Well, right. Some people I would argue are like, I'm okay with people knowing I no, got work yeah. done. Okay, true, good point. But so I guess the the question is from like the male perspective, though. Okay, but I guess with that in mind, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if i would go with fresh freshly done face still healing would go like hang out with a guy that i had like just met and was like interested in maybe dating for the first time for the first time and yeah i, I probably wouldn't either but like 
let's say you're you're talking to a girl and like you meet up for the first time and she shows up like that. What is your reaction from the dude's perspective? Well, I mean, uh, let's be fair. She's not like showing up with bandages on her head and like no. look, looking terrible. No, no right? but she looks like Bruises. she may or may not have been in a bar fight. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it would just depend on how like is that the first thing we talk about? It's that bad where she's like, hey, I'm sorry. I look this way. Yes. I had some work done. It's quite noticeable. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I would want to have the conversation. I think though it wouldn't be like a a, a turn off or uh, my first response would be, well, hey, uh, like we didn't have to hang out today. You know, I didn't mean to put, pre- if I put pressure on you to hang out today, I'm sorry for doing that. I didn't realize what you're going on. Cause like, I think ultimately guys don't care. They want their ladies to feel confident and to look good. And so, so if, the, if the result looks good, then I think it's all on the so table. So is that the answer though? Like, so I show up and I look like I may have been in a, a mild like fight and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, listen, I can't put makeup on right now cause like my shit's healing. Um, but yeah, like I got some shit done yesterday, but like, Hey, let's like go hang out. Like is if I'm just like owning it. And be like, it is what it is. Like, this is something that I wanted to get done. And so I did. Do you, is your response just, all right, cool. And you move on? Yeah, I think life is a confidence game. If you have the confidence to go out and be like, hey, I, I would probably preface it in text. Like, hey, I can't get cute, but we can go see a movie or we can go like have like a quick bite somewhere. But not in COVID. Right. It's not COVID. <laughs> like, kidding. this is obviously pre COVID, but, um, you know, like, hey, let's go do something chill because I can't put makeup on because I got some stuff work well, done Well, that's yesterday. what they did. They just, like, were going for a walk around, like, Clyde Warren or something. Yeah, so chill date, I think that's fine. I, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I really, it doesn't, it, I think confidence is the key, right? Like, if you can own your stuff, own yourself, own your decisions, and say, hey, I am a person who likes to look, a certain way and I like to look good and I get work done on a regular basis. And this is just part of who I am. Then take it or leave it. You know, I think that's a really strong place to operate from. Is there a line, um, on where it's like, okay, like this is too much. Yeah. If you have a Buzzfeed listicle saying like this, this woman, uh, transformed herself and now she looks like Taylor Swift. (laughs) It's like, you know, if you like changing and like (laughs) doing stuff, that's like, you know, the addiction to plastic surgery, whatever that's called, Uh, like, uh, or, you know, you're, you end up, I think if you're not in a Buzzfeed listicle, you're probably okay. Um, you know, for example, we have this, uh, very close friend, who is a woman in her seventies and she has had, uh, she's very wealthy and as a, is an entrepreneur and her husband, uh, died years ago and she's had a couple like lifts and, you know, tucks. And she's also had a, she was a breast cancer survivor. So she's had a double mastectomy. So she's very, she does a lot of plastic surgery and she looks 50 years old she, and it's very well done. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's really well done. And you don't look at her. You would I never know. At, I like I wouldn't even I would have just been like, damn, this woman has really good genes. She aged, she wears SPF. That's what I would have said. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where you say it comes back to the first thing is like, does it look good? And I would hers does. It looks But she from looks- like a men's perspective, there's obviously two preferences for work. So like Mariah and I lean on the natural side. Like we like people to have to question. There are obviously people that you you pointed out, which I just wasn't thinking about, but there, but that is also a preference for people that do want it to look more. They want to look like 
a Kardashian. And it's right. very obvious that they've had work done. Is there a line there where it's like, all right, like you're doing too much? I think there's a, it's there. It's hard to say that there's a line, but I think where you can kind of get into trouble is, for example, the Kardashians. So 10 years ago, like the Kardashians have been setting beauty culture and standards for over a decade now. Mm-hmm. So if you initially had altered your body to look like they looked 12 years ago, um, and then now, today, they look completely different. Mm-hmm. They have changed, and they have shifted, again, beauty standards, beauty trends, um, to to whatever they are now. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're committed, if you're like, if you're doing plastic surgery to be trendy, you run into a situation where you might have to be getting it all the time, like, and drastically altering your appearance, which I think that is where I'd say it it could be more damaging versus just maintaining your, the way that you look to, you know, help age, you know, reduce aging effects or to, um, amplify certain features or whatever. That's more your decision, not just following the trends, I would say. Yeah. I guess I'm just I guess I'm really more or less asking from like a sexual attraction perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, that girl has a very is very obvious that that girl got butt and hip implants or that girl got has like a ton of filler in her lips and her cheeks and her um, nose is done and she has big boobs that are like, you know. Right. So. I, I don't know. I've never been with a girl with hip or butt injections, so I can't speak to it. But I, I think we had a conversation about um, one of my friends was talking about girls with butt and hip injections on another podcast, and you brought it up to me. And I was like, so yeah, I think their position was like, if you're, if you like grab a girl's fake ass and like she, <laughs> she keeps moving and it stops or something, it's like, it's because it's not connected it's just like a it's like an extra part of her butt that's like that she moves without it basically you can hold on to it moving around and i was just like you know while you're in the throes of uh in the boudoir in the throes of sexual uh ties or and you know you're having you're you're intimate with this person are you thinking about their butt injections or are you just looking at their butt that looks good you know it's like is that going to stop you probably not so I would say it just really depends. And again, I think it all comes back to, does it look better? Does it look good? And whether that's fake boobs, butt, face, whatever, um, I think it's okay. If, if, if you want nose jobs, for example, uh, if you want your nose to look different and that's going to give you confidence and like eliminate some like body issues you may be, maybe have, I think that's good. If you have bad body dysmorphia and you are using plastic surgery to compensate for that in, in an unhealthy way, I think that's probably, there's probably more to that. I, I, you know, I don't know. And I think beauty standards in general for women are unfair. And I don't know. I think I, ultimately I come back to that th- first thing. Like if it's a confidence thing, it gives you more confidence. It, um, it, I, my preference is like, as long as it looks good, I'll give you a qu- a one quick story and we can move on to the next topic. Um, a good, like a mutual friend, a, a girl in college who was friends with my girlfriend's friends at the time. And also some of my friends dated, 
uh, very pretty girl. One summer, right before we all went back to school, she got like collagen injections in her lips and got too much. And I felt so bad for her because she was very pretty. And the other Botox that she got looked really good, but her col- her lip injections were just probably like 50% too much injection. Mm-hmm. And so her lips were like stretched out and like very big and like looked like they had just dumped lip gloss on them. <laughs> and we like the first back to school party, everyone was talking about it. Like she was in this room with 30 people and every single person had had a conversation about how her lips looked. Aww. And I felt really bad for her of like, cause like in two weeks they were fine. Um, mm-hmm. but everybody remembered that year. Like, Oh, you remember when this girl got plastic surgery or we got injections? Like, and because like, especially when you're young, anything different about you, mm-hmm. everyone's going to point at and talk about whether they're, whether good or bad, they're going to like single it out. And I think that probably she probably is carrying some little T trauma from that later in life. If we asked her. Yeah. I mean, this is a completely different topic, but that's obviously such a fine line. Like, on on the one hand absolutely like support like people getting anything done that they want like if that but also there you have to have a healthy mindset to begin with because like you were saying that could be very that could be very damaging i think it but but that that's also like where i get kind of like concerned where it's like well if it looks better it's like ooh, but but then that that starts setting off a thing of oh well men think that this this looks better than like whatever it I look like naturally. So now I don't feel confident in in my natural self. I don't know. So it's like obviously very tangled web for another topic. But I I generally agree. But wanted wanted um just wanted the men's perspective on that. Yeah, I want just one more question about this, Rob. If you're like um dating or like you know we talked about if somebody shows up like super bruised or something whatever but what if somebody shows up like you're just meeting them on a date you're meeting face to face for the first time and they like clearly have a lot of work done like you probably don't bring it up on the first date but at some point if they don't bring it up do you as a man ask like hey I noticed like I think that your boobs might be fake are they yeah, I mean, hopefully you'd be able to tell, but um, <laughs> but do you talk about it or do you just like okay, like that, yeah, for that sure. was something they did in the past, and they're not, you know, maybe the, if they choose to do something in the present with me around, then they'll tell me about it. But I'm not going to address the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think as you you have that conversation probably at some point, not in like a judge. I don't know. You just talk. You would probably. I would like joke about it, <laughs> but not the, but not the first time you meet them. No, 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 no. Okay. Probably, yeah, no. Probably, not. probably not. But no, you know, I'm not gonna bring it up. I'm not gonna bring it up on a Clyde Warren Park no makeup walk. <laughs> so tell me about these injections, or maybe I may maybe you do that time because there's like bruising there. But yeah, no, um, yeah, I think that would be you, like a you good conversation opener if there's like bruising or something. You're like, so like lip injections or tussle at the right. Bar. So I don't know. You're you're not gonna. I don't know how often you're gonna be like, hey, like I just noticed your cleavage is really nice. Like, are those fake? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't help but staring. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't no, help but notice your rack. Uh, where'd you get those fun bags? <laughs> How much did those run you? Uh, 
Speaking of hitting on people. Ooh. Oh yeah. I'm I'm excited for this one. So this is this is where we'll close out. This is our last topic. <sighs> okay. Mariah and I had a very lengthy conversation about the appropriate time and place and method of approaching a woman. The topic came up or the you know, the initiator was the gym. Okay. So um as everyone I think is aware, I will fucking murder a person who is interrupting me when I am on a plane. Um, I'm at a gym. I am just walking somewhere like with intent. Like if it, I am very obviously doing something, I have my headphones in. I'm not looking at you. I am not giving any signals that I am wanting some kind of social interaction. Don't talk to me. But one, I guess I know that's just me and not everyone's like that. But also just like the gym, I think Ryan and I both agree. Like the gym is just a really difficult place to try to like pick up someone. But it's also like if you see someone you really want to hit on them or you want to like ask them out and like there's a really good chance that you may not see them in any other scenario. Right. And so the alternative, so the, the original discussion was like between – uh, me and this guy that I went to like high school and college with and he was like talking about it on his Instagram stories and then he and I were talking about it and he was like okay well I always tell my my friends because they go to Cowboys Fit whatever in Frisco okay and so like obviously it's probably like Equinox like a lot of attractive people there and he's like well whatever my boys want to hit on a girl that they see there um, I tell them not to do it um, but the alternative is to somehow find them on instagram and then dm them which is whoa whoa really creepy right like hey i just saw you is yeah. never never a great dm intro yeah and so it so then it's like okay well then what are your options what's the lesser of evils and then you take that outside of the gym okay let's say you're in like the grocery store or you're just you know like out with your friends or whatever like what are what are the appropriate times and ways of like hitting on a woman so we already talked about that. But from like... From so you guys said like waiting in your car in the dark when they walk out. Yeah. Being like, hey, that's the best mm -hmm. part. And right? yeah. quick, yeah. like quickly exiting your car with your mask on and grabbing them right. maybe. That, yeah, that would be oh. a good way. So Throwing actually, them in your van. Actually, one time, there, it wasn't like a stranger. Like I knew him from Title. Um, so like I was going to this like boxing gym all the time when I was younger. Uh, when I was younger, like a few years ago. And... Um, I was like pretty pretty good friends with one of the the trainers there. Um and one day I was leaving and he like followed me out like we were just chatting and I thought he was just like going in his car but he like followed me to my car and like got in. And then it was just like sitting there and I had and then I like suddenly had this feeling like, "Oh my god, is he going to like try to like hit on me right now?" And I was just, <laughs> I was just like, "How did I get here?" Like even this guy that I know. I'm like, why, why am I in this position? Like, I'm so uncomfortable. And I just immediately was like, yeah, sorry. I really got to go. Like, yeah. What was it about though? Was he hitting on you or did he, was he, is he just like socially awkward or what? I think he was trying to hit on me, but I, I started throwing hard signals that I was not interested. Not the right way to go about that, bud. You don't just enter a woman's car. Like, He's like a such a sweet. He's boxers like a, are weird though too. Yeah, but he's also like a very sweet, like mild person. Like, yeah, but those small. are the ones you got to look out for too. <laughs> I mean, that's a bold move for somebody who's sweet and mild. No, I know. I think he was just. 
it's not as like creepy as I just made it sound because like <laughs> we I had been going to that gym for like over a year at this point and I only took his classes or like this other person's classes so it's like it's not like we had only met a few times or something so we were talking about this like and I think this is a good segue for the gym so when you go to a gym enough you start to people start to know you whether you introduce yourself to them or not like the front desk person if you go yeah. at the same time every day the same day every week usually generally the same people are there and you like nod at them. And if you're working out by yourself, that's one thing because you usually have headphones on, you're kind of doing your own thing. But Erica brought up a good point yesterday where if you're working out with a friend, you don't have headphones in generally and you're more chatty and honestly more approachable. And so like the trainers and stuff will come up to you and create a small talk and because they're trying to keep you involved and keep you coming back. So, cause we were talking about the same thing. My buddy Andrew and I used to go work out together, um, in the mornings and the head trainer, like gym monitor guy would always come over and chat us up for like two minutes every single time. So Erica was saying when she and her friend Alex would go work out together, the trainers would do the same thing. And that presents an opportunity because if you know the trainer, that becomes your introduction person. So you can see this conversation happening across the gym and you say, Oh, I've noticed these girls before. I'd like to use this as an opportunity to get introduced through the person that we both mutually know. So then I think you can, yeah, quote unquote, no. Right. Well, I was, I was going to say alternatively, even if the like trainer guy isn't involved. So like if Alex and I are, are very visibly like in a good mood, we're goofing around, we're like kind of bullshitting, like just hanging out in an area or if we're like using a machine if I were a guy and I saw that, I would go use a machine by us and I would like, cause it's like, we're not whispering, we're not being quiet. So then I would then like, you know, eat, like laugh at like one of our jokes or, you know, like be over, overhearing yeah. what we're saying and then like find a way to chime in. So it's like, either way, it's like, you're way more, there's way more opportunities for integration <laughs> yeah so i've never picked anybody up at the gym or like hit on anybody at the gym like in the sense that we know the gym and i was we were, we were trying to like go way back in my head like maybe in college is where some of that like starts because you see people that you know or you see people that you've had classes with or you see people that you've just recognized or that you've seen at parties or it's like Friday afternoon and you're trying to like figure out what's going on for the weekend. So you approach somebody, you ask like, Hey, what do you got going on this weekend? Blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't think of anything in the gym, but I did think of this time I was in an airport and I met this girl and I, or I got this girl's number who was traveling with her family. And I was coming back from, I was 22 and I was coming back from Olympic trials for from USA boxing where I'd been in Alabama for two weeks. And Here's just how I remember it. In Dallas is where I got my connection. And so I flew from Mobile to Dallas where, where my family lived. I went and met with my, had dinner with my family in the airport and then came back to the gate. And as soon as I like got to the gate, I remember making eye contact with this girl who was with her family, clearly of age, but like with her family and getting like a vibe from her. But I, and there, but there was no, at that point, no, opportunity to have a conversation or anything it would have been very strange um when we get to colorado springs off the plane because that's where they were going as well um in the baggage claim again like another like heavy eye contact vibe 
And so I got my bags. I took them out to my friend's car who was waiting. And my friend Chase was out there. And shout out Chase Langdon. I don't know where you are these days, but you were a great guy. Um, and I was like, Chase, I've been making eye contact with this girl out here. Like, do I go back in? Or like, will you wait for me here if I go back and like ask for her number? And he's like, ah, dude, go, go, go. And so I went back inside and she was standing with her mom. And I was like, and I remember reading in some or hearing in some movie, like the best, the best pickup line is introducing your name. <laughs> so you're, I was just like, hi, my name is Rob. You, you and I have been making eye contact. I don't know what you guys are doing in town or whatever, but I live here. And uh, if, if you're open to it, I'd like to get your number. And she was like, okay. And like looked at her mom, like her mom was like, okay. And I was very polite. And I think it was just, a, I wasn't like, oh my God, you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. I wasn't like patronizing or like going over the, over the lines, but I got her number. And then I ended up, they were only in town for a short time. And I ended up like her parents let me take her out for ice cream because she was 20. So she couldn't go get a drink. So she was 20. So we went out for ice cream and that was it. And so, but, it, but again, her, her dad did make me sit down with him at the hotel that they were staying at its lobby for like 15 minutes before you let me take her out. So that was a little bit strange, but <laughs> anyway, anyway, it worked. And I was, I think it's, again, it just comes back to like, can you approach somebody the right way, even in a situation where it's not like it, the odds maybe aren't in your favor, but also like, you know, you, you talked about George kind of jumping in the car. There comes a moment in every great moment in pickup history where you have to like take a step out of your comfort zone. Like there's a, there's a window of opportunity and you got to like seize it. So like I almost chickened out, like I took my bag out to the car and I got outside and I felt like I had missed the opportunity. So I went back in and, and did it. And I think that's where like whatever in his, in George's mind was probably like, I got to get in this car right now so that I can seize this moment of chemistry or whatever. Maybe it'll work out for me. Um, and, like I, I imagine that's what his self-talk was at that point. So anyway, when people are at gyms and have headphones on, don't talk to them, <laughs> especially hot girls. Cause they get talked to all the time um, in grocery stores, you know, in Pilates classes and spin classes, whatever. I think it really just depends on the context. Yeah. And I think it depends on the risk. So like hitting on somebody at the gym is a high risk scenario because then if it goes weird, like not only do you feel a little bit awkward, like if you guys are going to the gym at the same time, like you don't really want to be there again when they're there, or that person feels awkward and they have to change their gym times now because they let you down. But like a grocery store or like the airport, like I love that story. I think that's super cool. But um, that's like, I think a little bit of a lower risk than like having right. like what's the worst that can happen. Yeah. Like they're going to say no and you'll probably never see them again. But also I think there is a clause and that's what Rob was just saying is like you and I think Mariah, you and I, I'm pretty sure you and I talked about this too. At the end of the day, you know, when you are, you lock eyes with someone and you're both fucking feeling it. Yeah. And so it's like, if I'm, and I think I said this at the beginning of that episode where we talked about this, where I'm just like, at the end of the day, it just, it just depends on if, if I think you're hot or not. If I'm like in my workout and I not even like just physically attractive, like, you know, you have that, like, there's something that makes them stand out and like you feel chemistry for whatever reason. If I'm like, in the zone, but then I see you and I'm like, I feel it, you feel it. And then you hit on me. I'm not going to be mad at you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's the Trump card. Yeah. I mean, it's the vibe check, right? Like yeah. I think 
and, and you and I were talking about this last night. It really is a face value at face value. Is there attraction, mutual attraction here? And the example I was using is like, if you're at the grocery store and you're minding your own business, but you feel like somebody's watching you or something and you look around, you spy a person and you're like, your first reaction is, Oh, I like this person's hot. Then you look up at them and they're the ones that are looking at you. I think that's the context in like a public place with a stranger where a conversation can now mm-hmm. there's a space for that. It doesn't have to happen, but you, e- mm-hmm. each party, I think at that point is going to be more open to an introduction than otherwise. Um, I will, t- I will say from experience, sometimes those moments still feel really fumbly and like oh, yeah. not and, you know awkward, but you have nothing to go off of. Right. Just so like, that makes it Hi, weird. Uh, I yeah. noticed that you're getting But prunes. like what you said What's to that girl was just like, hey, what'd you say? I said, I made a prunes joke. Oh. Um, <laughs> it was funny. So, but like what you, it doesn't have to be a great line. It could just be like, hey, I noticed you. You noticed me. Like, want to like do something about it. Like, that sounds creepy. Don't say that. But yeah, yeah but I think it's really like, I don't hit on people. <laughs> if you approach those situations like in an awkward fashion because they are awkward, like if you're just like, you know, hey, this is weird, but I don't know if you were also feeling that vibe, but I felt it. So, like, yeah, you want to explore I, that. <laughs> you know, like, I, are I just you- remembered, I just remembered, uh, sorry to cut you off, Mariah. You go ahead. No, just like, are you available? Like, Something like that. Obviously, Mariah and I don't um, often make the first move. Yeah. Well, and I mean, guys have to make the first move a lot of times, especially if you want, uh, you know, if I'm quoting Blake Lively from the town, it's like, you got to chase the rabbit if you want the tail. <laughs> like, uh, which is a, was close, almost close Blake Lively impression from that movie. But uh, I think like you do have to, as a guy, like there is a, an onus of responsibility for you to take control and like, you know, say what you want. I remember, though, I was out at this terrible Colorado Springs bar called Blondie's one time uh, with two of my girlfriends uh, who one of them was my roommate at the time because I lived in this big house with a bunch of people. And one was my really good friend uh, in our sort of mutual friend group. But none of my other guys went out with us. It was just like me and the girls. We had a girls night and we went out to Blondie's, which is like a nightclub bar. Terrible place. A great place for somebody who's in the Army Reserve to hit you over the head with a bottle um, if that's what you're into. Um, and I remember walking by this girl and she had these like, uh, leopard print, like tights on or something. And like, I actually, I thought they were kind of cool. And I just, I, I told her that like walked by, I'd never seen her before. Never like, you know, no chemistry or eye contact. I was like, I was probably pretty drunk too. And I like tapped her on the shoulder. I said, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, I really like your pants <laughs> and I think they're dope. And she, uh, she smiled and she looked at me and then like carried on. And then I kept going, I disengaged. And then later in the night, uh, she came up to me and said, and said, hello as like after as like a follow-up. Um, and I think that was, that's where it's like a little, like just making yourself notice, but like put it out there that you're interested, but not like, like gross over the top. Like, Hey, I could, you know, you're the most beautiful person in the world. Like I can't take my eyes off you, blah, 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 blah. Like those I think are really cringy, uh, and like not very play of, not very play a pimpin. You know, you can't, if you have game, like have game. I also though, just think that that's a nice compliment. Cause like, then you're leaving it like you're showing interest, but also that could just be a nice compliment and you're like not hurt if she doesn't approach you, but it's leaving it open if she wants to approach you. 
like in I think that we should normalize complimenting people more even if it's from the opposite sex like it's not necessarily like I'm hitting on you but it's like right. I'm opening the doors if you want to hit on each other but and either and way look like your pants <laughs> Right. And, and she did give me her number and we did get coffee and we realized that we ha- like we were had a bunch of mutual friends and we became friends for a short time. And then I and then that was it. So we had a because it was a compliment. It wasn't overtly sexual. There was mutual interest. But then it just became a sort of gray area friends thing. And you didn't and you left it open for that, too, I think, which is which is what compliments, I think, um really do and i mean like so for example like when erica's makeup looks really good i say her makeup looks good it's not just because i think she's hot but it's like hey i i know that this took a lot of work and that you care a lot about this so props to you right and going back to like um women approaching men i think well i want to know from your perspective but even if it's awkward or it's like not the right time do you think that it's harder or not like harder for a girl to weird a guy out, but like, do you just think that there's some level of excitement where, because that's not what usually happens. Like we said, it's usually the guy's responsibility or the male's responsibility to initiate. Do you just think that like, okay, even if it's awkward, I'm going to give this a shot because I realized that that was not the norm for this female approaching me. Yeah. And I also think that there's this like a innate sense for guys to be wanted. Like they, um, and so it just feels good to to have somebody who you would be interested in come up to you and say that. I think it really de- like I it's the same rules apply though. Honestly, like what's the vibe check? If there's no vibe at all, it's weird. Yeah. Um, it's like hey, I like you, or hey, I'd like you, or I want to get your number. And it's like you look at that person, and at face value, there's no chemistry, there's no vibe. It's like. It, it's just as bad as if a guy approached a girl at a gym. Do you guys mm. care if girls hit on them at the gym? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I think the guys at the gym uh, <laughs> uh, got hit that hit on girls, uh, or guys go they go to the gym. They're they're like let's talk about gym people. Uh, like there's the guy who's like a bodybuilder, and he takes ten minutes between sets, mm. and he walks around the gym, and he's like posing in front of the mirror. Like there's that guy. Then he definitely the, like, wants to get hit on. Probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the, uh, you know, the couple that are both really cute and both really fit and they work out together so that they're, you know, they, they get up early in the morning together or whatever. And they're like, you know, clearly each other's guardian, uh, you know, but also like, so anyway, I, uh, there's, there's those people, there's the older guy who's probably like in his fifties and is in great shape and is at, at the gym every day at five o'clock, uh, who doesn't talk to anybody. Uh, and then there's the like treadmill people. Then there's the yoga people and the racquetball people. Mm-hmm. And then there's the like 22 year old guy with the big beats headphones and like a t-shirt that's chopped into just like it's the sleeves are off and he's you know doing his thing like that guy like and and then there's the girl with the who carries around the gallon jug of water and is wearing a sports bra and has tattoos and uh you know is real strong and real fit but also you know is is a is the girl bro version Mm -hmm. of a girl bro um anyway those people are all, they all exist. And I think at different points, they're, the gym is their place they hang out. 
And then there's probably like a person, you know, at, if depending on what kind of gym you go to, there's the person who just like lives at the gym. They don't really ever work out, but they're like in the lounge chairs. They're like watching the TV. They're like, they're working on stuff and they're like, that's where they live. That's their life. Mm-hmm. And so I think at different points, all of those people would be open to, or not open. It just depends on the person. Wow. That's incredibly unspecific. I don't know. Like, you know, you incredibly specific to be unspecific. Yeah. yeah, Like for me, for me, for example, I don't like spending time at the gym doing nothing. I go in there and I get my workout in and maybe I'll go sit in the, in the sauna or, and then shower and get out. Like that's, that's my preference. So I don't, I don't use the gym as a social place. I think if people that do use the gym as a social environment, it is a good place to, to start conversations. But so if you were single, you still want to go to the gym to work out only and not have that interrupted by somebody hitting on you. Yeah. For the most part, I think Erica and I were members at a gym, um, like a big box gym where you did like group classes. And I found that the community of that, like if we were single, that would be a good way to meet someone. Mm -hmm. Cause like clearly you have similar schedules, you have similar interests and People you know, tend to go to the same group right. time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I think that if I if if you're single, could be a good way to be like, hey, like I wonder if we have other things in common. Mm-hmm. And you could ask that in a not creepy way and not ruin the group vibe. Mm-hmm. And it gives you opportunity to like build a rapport with someone before you make the move. Right. Yeah, which you, I think is important. You can just yeah. like get to know them on a friend basis before you. Yeah. Or you can ask somebody else in the group about them. Like, hey, I've noticed mm-hmm. this person, but don't want to make it weird. Do you know anything about them before I approach them? And I think that's where, like, you know, in, in my comedy house circles, and we kind of talked about this before, like, don't shit where you eat. Um, asking other people or having relation, mutual relationships is a great way to be like, oh, well, hey, I noticed this person. And they're like, you know, they're a really nice person. And I think they're really cute. But every time someone new comes in, they try to date them and it never goes well. And it's like, okay, that's where, that's where you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe there's more to this than just, or like, just the physical. Yeah, they're really pretty, but trust me, bro, she's crazy. Like, <laughs> right. you get that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, like, trust me, bro, she's crazy is a great way to get your bro like really hooked on a on a chick. <laughs> is it? I think so. Like, I, I think guys are like, they have an ego about like, oh, well, maybe she won't be crazy with me, or you know, blah blah. blah or, or like, like ooh, I like crazy. Well, any last thoughts, Mariah? Questions? Oh, I don't. I'm sure something will come up and then we can just put it on the next Rob Returns saga. Um, But yeah, I think we hit all of our points and, you know, we talked about poops and butts and holidays and everything in between. You know, I got to, I, I wish I had more punchy stories uh, for this, I think, uh, but I think we got, we got somewhere, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, we'll try to make it more interesting next time. <laughs> we'll try to bring up something that you can be juicier about. Yeah. Well, I, I'm blaming myself really. I was like, I just don't have, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't have, uh, I'm, there'll be times where it's much more juicy, I think <laughs> for sure. I think next time Rob should interview us a little bit. Like, what do you want to know about? I mean, we we obviously give our perspective about a lot of things, but like, do we care about your butthole? Do you want to know about that? I don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe somebody does. I don't know. All uh, right, that's right the plan for next time. 
ask about what women think about dudes' buttholes? No, you you come with the oh, questions. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I can yeah. Do that. You have homework. I, I also, though, will say that I'm learning more about you guys from listening to the podcast than I think you you do in just like a Q and A scenario. So yeah. it, I think I it's mean, cool to do that. I mean, same. I don't. It's not. I would not normally um, request to hear about your previous dating and hookups. I know it's strange. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really kind of hate it, actually. Okay, well, you know, don't ask then. <laughs> no, uh, I'm not blaming <laughs> But, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, who who wants to go discuss uh, some girl you asked in a bar or told you had cool pants in a bar with your wife? I mean, uh, it's just an, it's an interesting... We're uh, untabooing the taboo. I feel like Mariah, when she's like, did she say thank you to you? <laughs> did she, did she look at you for too long? Cause I will cut her throat. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, one, one thing I, I mean, I guess with that, that girl was a, an Olympian shooter. Uh, fuck. No, I know. So that was an interesting, like, oh, well be, I better be nice to this girl because she could shoot me from a mile away and no one would know. <laughs> with precision. <laughs> yeah, just like I'm, one day I'm just out in the open and just boom, I'm done. I'm gone. And that's it. So you gotta be nice. Always tell the girl with the leopard pants that you like them because that bitch probably is a little crazy. Yeah, I think so. I think mm-hmm. like, and that's a great, if you're, if you, oh, this is what I was going to talk about. I'm glad you brought this up. So they're everybody, every guy thinks they have game, but I think people tr- like try to, uh, maybe that's an overstatement, but like every there, there's a certain class of person that, that guy, a guy or girl that like knows that they have game. And I think what's really interesting is when you discover like people that are close to you that like, don't really have game and you're like, Oh, like, damn, like you don't really know how to talk to a woman or, or you don't like, I think it's so simple to like the number one and number two things are like a, a genuine compliment at the right time about something that's not like overtly gross and B just introducing yourself and to, and like humanizing your giving yourself a name, putting a face to the name uh, right away. I think are because then you know what the response is when I say, Hey, I'm Rob. Nice to meet you. And you say, Oh, hi, I'm Erica because that's the general like human response to that. And there's no pressure. There's, you don't have to think about it. Um, and then it's like, hi, well, you know, I, w- I just saw you from across the bar and I noticed that you had really cute pants on. So I just want to say that those are great pants. I'm going upstairs with my friends. I'll see you later. Uh, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool. That's a nice like seed planted. That You it, put it in their court. Put it in their court. Um, or if you see them again, now you have something to, to relate back to. Yeah. You have like a shared history. So I think, um, I don't know, being human is the best way to have game being nice and human (laughs) well thanks rob thank you for coming on i hope that you guys don't fight about leopard pants girl later (laughs) yeah we're we're not gonna fight about that thank you guys for having me uh and it's been a pleasure i'm and congrats again on 20 this will be what 20 or 21 episodes that's pretty pretty impressive thanks yeah that's exciting um you know like all the usual stuff right like if you guys liked what you heard please leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, uh, or if you have questions for my next episode, send them in. Yeah, J- Rob's jumping ahead. If you guys, um, is there something that you want to know? Let Rob know. If there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. And uh, give us a follow on Instagram. Uh, the handle is at like honestly pod. And that's everything. Tell a friend.
that one. Do that. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.